0: I'm ready. Welcome to the Metapod, a Pokemon TCG podcast that revolves around the evolving meta. I am here with Sean today. We got a lot of things to talk about, kind of a little bit different of a podcast as well, if I do say so myself. Uh, The meta didn't really evolve at all. Metapod decided to use Harden. Instead of <laughs> hitting level 10 and in evolving into Butterfree today, because not we looked at the results and it's just like we both have decided that there's not really anything that's like changed. Like, yeah, Pikaram's still good. Uh Dragapult's still good. People are still playing Kambozashian and doing well. People are still playing ADP. There's always that one goons player, right? Uh, there was only one like notable thing or anything that was really different, and that was like a Boom hitting uh top. Eight in uh, pokey PokéX, but other than that, like everything just looked the same. So uh, Sean and I have decided to just, you know, what? Let's just uh, talk about some other things today. We've got Players Cup because that was interesting from That's the perspective happened. of, yeah, from the perspective of someone that did play it in Sean, and then someone that didn't play it in me. There's uh, some interesting stuff I think that. There is to talk about. Also, there was some new stuff announced um, and put out. So I think it'd be cool to talk about that. Some breaking news from just a couple hours ago of this recording. So I think we're going to probably be one of the first podcasts to talk about it. Um, so that'll be cool. And then also collecting.
1: Yeah, we're going to look at the other side of the equation. We're all a bunch of players here. Uh, a bunch of the people that are using our cards and and, and reducing <laughs> and their...
0: ruining them.
1: <laughs> Yeah, but let's talk about, I think it's it's interesting to talk about the other half of the Pokemon world. I, I say half, the other 90% of the Pokemon world, let's be frank.
0: That's yeah, like the other 95% of the Pokemon world.
1: So this is how we're going to grow our podcast, is by getting all those collectors yeah. in. <laughs> you like people who don't know anything join about
0: the it. join the Metapod podcast where we talk about <laughs> the evolution of collecting and how... Finders are changing and transfer. I'm just kidding.
1: My wallet has evolved into a not wallet.
0: (laughs) My wallet has empty. My my wallet used de-evolution spray and took out all my money.
1: Oh, my gosh. Um, All right. Well, yeah. Do you want to just jump into the first thing then, Jake? Talk about the Player's Cup.
0: All right. So the Player's Cup happened this past weekend. Each perspective, respective region had their own kind of bracket and you had to make it into the top 64. So I believe that was three wins that you had to do. Um, It's double elimination, I believe. Right. I mean, the
1: main thing was three wins. If you won all three in a row, the first three you're in. If you won your first two, then you only needed to get three wins out of four. Like win Mm -hmm. three and one, if you lost one of your first two, you did have to play out to a four, one record. Um, that's oh, just interesting. The, yeah, that's just how the double elimination winners and losers brackets goes. Um, so the earlier you lose in the tournament, the more the rounds you have to play.
0: Okay, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, that happened over the weekend. Um, Sean actually played in it because Sean went, went for it and qualified. Shout outs to him. Um, but I will let him talk about his experience before I get into what I saw as a spectator.
1: I mean, I, I, I did play in it. Uh, oh boy. If you follow me on Twitter, you got to see a little bit of my salt. Uh, I went, I went one and two overall. Uh, the first, the first one I, I played Dragapult just so everybody knows I played Dragapult and I played a version that was very similar to Stefan's list actually with the, um, super scoop ups. I thought it was a good call. I just felt like the vast majority of people I might run into are not going to be playing Mr. Mime with Scoop Up Block. Um, so like, hey, I'm running Dragapult. If I hit you know, a few heads over the course of this tournament, that, that might be enough to like win you know, games that I wouldn't have otherwise won. So that's what I'm playing. Um, and it's got a 1-1 Malamar line as well. First game, I'm sitting down. I play against Blacephalon. That's my first round. And I'm just like, oh, you got to be kidding. Blacephalon? Really? Okay. So game one starts. And it's just like auto loss, essentially, because I drew nothing. I just, I had three bosses order in hand in my top seven cards. And no draw supporters, no Pokemon search. Dedenne was prized, and I had no way to find it anyways. So it was just like, and then, so I just played a couple of Pokemon down and then a Blacephalon just knocked them out one turn after another one by one. Yeah. And then it was game, I got benched out. So like, I was like, if this is really how I'm going to start the tournament, that really stinks. But I actually managed to come back that game. I, I managed to win game two and then game three. I just feel bad. I did hit a bunch of super scoop ups in a row to pick up my Zigzagoon to ping a benched, um, uh big big blounds blounds gx so that Mm. i could take the knockout on it and um that i'm sure was like that's how i won because i benched my opponent out there because i just got lucky on some super scoop up so you know i managed to pull through and get the first win but after that i played a mirror of dragapult um and that game went pretty well but you know one, the first game, the person who goes first in Dragapult Mirrors, I think, usually wins. That's just the nature of that matchup. Um, and you can't really bench Inke in that matchup because... It just dies. Yeah, it just gets a zigzagoon ping and it gets knocked out. And So it's like, well, you know, I can't really play that. So we played the first game, you know, it was back and forth. And then, you know, he went first and he won. So cool. Second game, back and forth. I went first and, and I won. So cool. Um, I think he just have he, a weighted
0: coin forehead,
1: right? And then the third game was very, very close. I think this was the third game. Um, but one of the games that I lost, uh, I lost two games, uh, and it, I hit three super scoop up tails in a row, which would have won me the game if I hit one of them
0: Ooh. because I had
1: to pick up a damaged Dragapult V Max and I had another one already powered up on the bench with only like 100 damage on it, right? Mm-hmm. So if I don't pick it up then I auto-lose. Like, there's no way to avoid those five damage counters. I just lose. So I, you know, I missed all three and then, you know, lost that game and then, okay, now I'm, now I'm one loss. And then the last game I was playing is Picaram. And it just, like, I drew poorly. And to be frank, I don't think, man, I, if my opponent is, from that was listening, apologies in advance, but I'm just going to say it. I don't think the deck was that great. It wasn't that optimized when I looked at the list. Um shade. I know, I know it's shade, but shade. I'm looking at the list. And there was like like more than twenty or thirty percent of the person's deck was one-ofs. It was so confusing. It was the least consistent peak deck I've ever seen. They never turn one full blitzed. They I think only turn two full blitzed once. They only turn three full blitzed every other t- every other game. So very inconsistent deck. Um but I also had very bad draws those games. So like, I can't get started and get some hits in early. And the two games I lost are because they had their one of bosses order in a four card hand. Hmm. And like, you know, to, to, to end the game. Right. And I'm like, you still have more than half your deck left and you have four card hand and you have boss as your one of in your hand. You have no way of searching that card. Right. So it just, it, that it felt a little bit sacky in some ways. And I just felt a little bad because like, you know, I literally win the game on the next turn. Everybody says this, I know, but that's why I got salty because it just felt like it was like the improbable things that lost me these games rather than the other things. But anyways, so I lost. I'm out. Other people made it, though. Other, I think Dragapult did well. I'm I'm going to I'm going to assume we don't have the results. Uh, mm-hmm. But my guess is the the spread of decks that got to day two or or. Yeah, but if you want to call it day two or top 64, it's probably similar to what most people would have played. I think um, the only deck that I've heard that's kind of different and interesting is Ross Gilbert, I believe, played a Spiritomb Excadrill, which was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and he made top 64 with that. So, um, yeah. But anyways, that's my experience. Now, Jake, I don't want to talk about me anymore. Let's talk about what you think talk from about an outsider's me. perspective. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, I I made tea before the podcast, but I didn't realize it was going to be this strong of tea. Um, <laughs> after hearing you talk, but I, well, I I just kept looking at results, right? Because this was on Saturday. This was on Saturday. I just kept looking at results that were happening, and you know, people posting updates and stuff. I saw someone make it to the top sixty-four from Oceana without actually playing a game because they had their first 3 rounds were literally all no shows and i it, it and i heard i heard other people from other regions saying like round 2 my opponent is a no show it does uh, like, it does oh feel bad God. of
1: like you know if you're a player who ground grinded it out and like didn't make it through to the top 64. And then you see somebody who doesn't play any, but now it's all randomized, right? Like nobody chooses Mm -hmm. that, but boy, howdy, that stings a little bit.
0: I want to know though, if the, cause like from the screenshots that I saw and stuff, it was like, it was like the, the player name was actually like no show. So that was decided at the very first round after check-in ended, right? They started, it replacing people as no-shows for those who didn't show up. I would assume that is probably what happened, right?
1: I, I do, honestly, I don't know the mechanics. I think uh, if we'll post, if you listen to this podcast somehow, if you have the time for that, um, you can let us know. But it may be that those are all the people who had placeholder spots that did not register in time correctly via Battlefy and or Discord.
0: So, So it almost sounds like they just they just stuck with well i guess you have to do you it have for the to integrity the of like of the top 64. yeah yeah but it's like man just like pair people up with normal people i don't know yeah i mean I was,
1: look they may have paired people with no-shows as best they could right like i don't meaning like they may have paired no-shows with no-shows i don't know if that's something that you can work into the battlefy system or not uh, but the good news i think is i don't think any no-shows made it to top 64 so that means that next weekend it'll all be it'll be gucci again
0: right you won't have this same until plan. people forget to sign up or maybe something no. comes up last second you
1: You're well. Every, i mean somebody might have to drop because something comes up but everybody's already registered right so that you don't have to do anything at this point mm-hmm. um so if people don't show up it's the same as not showing up to a day two at a regionals but i don't think it'll happen on mass
0: well, probably not as as big, but it's still going to happen. Yeah. I already know it. Yeah, yeah. It was just weird to me that somebody could make it to the top 64 but not have to face a single opponent. Oh, yeah. And that, that is- just is like, wow. I mean, and not to discredit the player, right? Because the player worked hard to get there. The player probably tested a lot and actually like tried to Put in, put themselves in a position of like I don't even actually remember who the player actually is. Uh, um, Jordan Palmer, if I'm getting the name right, but think maybe yeah, it's not it's not anything on them. All you
1: can do the player is the players laugh, right? Because you're like, I mean, I can't do
0: anything about this. So I'll take yeah, it. you just can't do anything about it. We'll we'll see we'll see as more as as the next weekends come and um, the Players Cup continues. Do you have the schedule? Sean, I mean, or like, I mean, I can't you know the like schedule the times for every region, and stuff?
1: but it's basically every Saturday for the next. Like, so this weekend, this last one was top 256. Mm-hmm. Next weekend is top 64. The weekend after that, I think we'll be getting it into either top 16, maybe, mm-hmm. um, and then the final weekend will be determining the top four. So I think it's either three or four weekends total. I can't remember exactly which, but. Um, it's every Saturday. I think they'll keep having it as far as I know at the same time, which is going to be in the U S it's three 30 Eastern time, uh, in the afternoon. Every other region has their own time. So I, d- I can't say for sure what theirs are, but the one thing I will say I liked about the format, you know how with other tournaments, everyone has to wait until the start of the next round to play their match. Like everybody waits together for the round to start Yeah. on Battlefy, The nice thing about it was, if you finish your match and the person that you were going to be paired up with is also done with their match. Cause the brackets like it's like winners and losers bracket, but you know, once it sort of seeds, you can get prepared basically. Mm-hmm. Um, if that person is ready as well, you can just go and start the next match just right away. You don't have to wait.
0: Oh, and that's so, actually like really good.
1: Yeah. And that's what I did, right? Like I was able to get through three rounds of best of three and I played all three games in each best of three. Um, I was able to get through all of that in like, I want to say an hour and a half. Which Mm. is super fast, right?
0: Yeah, Uh, no, that's that's pretty good.
1: So I uh, I was very appreciative of that because I'm like, if I'm going to lose, at least I'm not going to waste a lot of time doing it.
0: What was the uh, what was the timer? I mean, oh, I can't remember. I think it's just the normal PTC Geo timer. Sean, that's like the one thing I wanted to know. It's the normal
1: PTC Geo timer. So, like, okay. whatever the normal amount of time is that you get when you play against, like, a versus or whatever, that's the same time. Um,
0: Interesting.
1: I didn't hear of anybody having timer issues, um, which...
0: I didn't really hear yeah. of
1: anybody playing control. No, I didn't really hear a lot of control. Um, I wonder if the control players just got slapped by ADPZ or something. But, uh, yeah, I don't think a lot of people brought control. But, I mean, we'll see. We'll see when the results actually come out, because... I mean, if you if you are playing control, you maybe don't want to just tell everybody too early what you're playing.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you didn't want to you didn't want to mention that you listen to the podcast. Right. not want to be an outcast, <laughs> Right. <laughs> you know, but anyways, I think that's probably good for the Players Cup conversation. Yeah. You when know, we get I, results, you, we'll talk about
1: that. But for now, there's there's nothing to really talk about beyond that.
0: Yeah, there's not too much going on. So Pokemon has just released TPCI tcpi
1: TPCI which one is it
0: tpci um some information has come out most notably something that they was breaking news earlier today i believe poke jungle is where i saw it first i don't know who the actual first person to break it was um but poke jungle is where i saw it first pokemon tcg raid battle gameplay style announced there's a YouTube video that accompanies it. But basically, if you've played the video games, you know of a new mechanic of battling in Pokemon Sword and Shield that is called Max Raid Battles, where essentially there is a G-Max or a, a, D- a Dynamax or Gigantamax Pokemon, which is basically the equivalent of the Vs and V-Maxes that we know in the TCG. Um, basically, there's a big one of there, and you take four players, and you just go after it and attack it with all of your Pokemon. Um, this is very interesting because it's a sense of you bring eight different Pokemon. Each player brings in two different Pokemon. And then they kind of take turns attacking this Pokemon. From what I understood, you actually don't need to have any sort of you can ignore the energy costs in total. Um <laughs> Which is very interesting in my opinion. Um, in yeah. the picture, like there's a there's a base set Charizard in the picture, of course. One of the most like <laughs> expensive cards, you know. Like you can put in stuff from base set, you can put in stuff from Rebel Clash, you can put in stuff everything in between. Even the base set um Mr. Mime that has the ability where if a Pokemon does 30 or more damage, it cannot hurt. You're Mr. Mime, effectively <laughs> saying that n- n- none of the... I, the only ones that we've seen are Pikachu VMAX and Dreadnought VMAX, and both of them do over 30 damage for their attacks. So, Mr. Mime, base set, and maybe a really long game because you're only doing like 10 damage per turn uh per Pokemon, but you know what? It's worth it because yeah, you would, win almost every single time.
1: <laughs> I would love an infinite loop gameplay where you just... Oh my god! You know what? You know what we should play what Quad Zamazenta.
0: Quad Zamazenta. Yes, no <laughs> maxes can actually hurt your Pokemon. Oh my go. goodness! But anyway, broken
1: the format right there.
0: <laughs> in in all seriousness, this is um this is just a fun new way to play the TCG. You know, like it can especially for new players, new families, and stuff, and young kids like learning the TCG can be very intimidating and very hard if you have not played a TCG before Um, and you don't like regularly, like me, watch like Twitch, YouTube, you know, of all these people playing and stuff. So like this is very family oriented. This is where you can take any Pokemon card that you have, any actual Pokemon and put it down and be able to use it and have some sort of fun with the Pokemon TCG if that makes sense.
1: Unlike their regular um, post Pokemon TCG where it is not fun. This is not about fun kids.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it, I mean it's people are people are saying like why would they make this online thing instead of a um instead of revamping the online client there's only a digital battle assistant. Um so like you go on there and it can kind of teach you how to actually play it's almost like your instruction manual and then you can print out the materials from their website like i believe the uh the like knockout tokens because if a if a gigantamax pokemon knocks out four pokemon they the the dynamax gigantamax pokemon win um and then obviously if you knock it out you win um you probably print out the cards and stuff but it's uh it's not something that really matters at all for us competitive <laughs> players. Like, literally, does not matter at all.
1: You know what I think could be fun? Like, this could be... If, depending on how many of these max boss rays, like, the bosses that they print and how they print them, too, uh, it mm-hmm. could be fun if you, like... You know how people do cubes, right? Where you, like, pre... Yeah. Prepare, like, what cards are even available to you? I could, I could imagine, like, you know... If you're a store owner of a a local card shop or something and you want to do like an all ages thing uh, to get people involved. Yeah, it's great for kids. But depending on the Pokemon that you put into that cube and you say, hey, we're going to do a quick draft and you're going to look through all these Pokemon and you get a pack of like 10. Right. You pick one Pokemon uh, and then I don't know. You could figure out a way, though, to make it interesting by only by really limiting the Pokemon you have access to to compete against those bosses
0: interesting
1: so, so like i do think there is there's a little creativity i think you could put in there and if you did it that way you also make sure that you don't have like zamazenta right like putting zamazenta in there is just yeah. silly Um it's broken yeah you wouldn't put pokemon there's also like pokemon like uh cartana right or uh what's the uh the zatu zatu right that leaves your opponent's pokemon at 10 hp if you pair that with like Slowbro v Right, where like, oh, technically, is it the active because it's the only Pokemon? It's like the Pokemon that the one person is playing. Well, yeah. So now they're poisoned. I don't even know if special conditions are a thing in this game, but now they're poisoned. And then you leave them at 10 HP. And then when they go into their first turn as a VMAX boss, they die. Right. Things like that yeah. are just kind of like, they're just broken. So it's like, of course, they, they, you shouldn't
0: play it that way because like all you're doing is beating yourself. It's it's just really um, I think that this honestly, like in all seriousness, because like this is like I mentioned before, this is geared towards families. This is geared towards people that are stuck at home, you know, with the coronavirus going on and stuff and the pandemic still being a big thing. I think that this came is like too late. I think this is a couple months too late. I think that this should come in. I think that this should have released before the trainer's toolkit, before the League battle decks. Yeah, that's my personal belief. No, because like,
1: especially since like they're all just printed home stuff. It's like, Mm -hmm. what took you so long? Because I know I heard they were testing this in Collinsville, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, what gameplay mechanics were you trying to shore up with this? It's very simple. Maybe it was just creating the literal asset package that goes along with this that just took time to do, but. I agree. If, if they have gotten this out in March, then like, hey, that's actually pretty cool. Because
0: like you look at it, you look at the different products that Pokemon has released in the last several months. You know, the trainer's toolkit does a really good job at introducing the game. You know, it gives you a lot of competitive cards, gives you a lot of viability, you know, and then you look at the battle deck. That in itself is a already like pre-made deck. So the order of operations, I think that this should have been released is the raid battles because I mean like we we've known about raid battles since Sword and Shield released in um, in November twenty nineteen, right? So like releasing it sometime after that, in between that and the trainers toolkit release the trainer's toolkit, give people more cards, more competitive cards, right? More things like sleeves, you know, give them sleeves, give them the damage counters, the poison, fire, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, and then give them the actual, like, somewhat playable deck, already pre-made deck, because the, the max raid battle is to just, to get you to, like, learn about attacks and stuff. Like, instead of just looking at a Pokemon card and being like, this is my favorite Pokemon, or this art is very, very cool. Actually thinking about, like, the attacks and maybe also the effects of the attacks. Um, That is, because this disregards the energy costs. So that is just, that's a way to, that's a way to introduce, like, turn-based combat. That's a way to introduce reading the cards, reading the text, trying to understand, like, what the attack actually does. Right? And then... And then you release the trainer's toolkit that gives you the sleeves, that gives you the the damage counters, that gives you the poison stuff, gives you a lot of great things to become competitive or to start learning competitive. And then the final thing, release the league battle deck, which is an actual physical deck. So now you have this like now you have this foundation. Now you have this base of learning. That you and your family may have been doing over the last several months with the with the raid battle with the with the toolkit things like that. Um, now you actually have like a deck to be able to put all of your knowledge into and know how to play. I think that this is like this is fine. This is cool. Like this is fun for families, but like in a sense of like growing your player base, like this is too. This is uh, what what month is it? Seven. Uh, this is like. This is like five months too late, five, four or five months too late, in my opinion.
1: You know, the only thing that I can think is, you know, a lot of times these companies might have briefs that they put in to different teams or to like groups where it's like, okay, we need to introduce the game to new people, right? Like I could, I could easily see that being a brief. We need to introduce the game to new players, um, especially kids, Right okay, well, what are the two products that have come out that do a great job at that? The Battle Academy box, like so that there's a box that came out that has basically a whole map that tells you like what all the different parts of the card are. They give you like decks to play with. Mm -hmm. And it basically teaches you how to play the game with very simple decks that don't have a lot of extra mechanics. Um, And then you have this max raid battle thing. I could easily see that this was another idea that said, oh, This also ties into max raid battles in the game. So kids might be familiar with the game. So like, let's translate a portion of the game in an interesting way to the card game to teach kids some of these mechanics too. And it may simply be that like the Battle Academy won out in terms of the product that they were going to print and like, and actually like sell at Target or whatever.
0: Oh no. Cause this doesn't, I don't think this sells at target. This is something that you print from the website. I yeah, you know, like, That's right? what I'm saying. The
1: battle Academy. Yeah. The battle Academy won out. And that's the thing that's actually being sold because it's a more viable game, like long-term, like as a thing, it's, it's, it's just also, it's more viable teaching mechanic. And this was sort of like the other project that maybe, you know, maybe they were just like, we don't want to like throw, throw this away. Like there is some validity in this and let's just give it to people for free. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, So like, I would be super interested. Honestly, like I, I agree with you that like it has, it's a little bit late. Um, there's other products out there that do this. I appreciate the fact that it's free. So that's something. I mean, no, yeah, it's very, it's very good that it's free. I mean, it's free in so far as you still have to have your own cards to play it. It doesn't solve that problem, Mm -hmm. but it does, you know, it's somewhat free. I also think what could be fun about this is, um, there's a lot of people that make custom cards nowadays. I could, like I said, with cubes, right? I could easily see people saying, okay, well, let's make our own custom bosses. Like imagine if you like, you know, actually like play this game a little bit, understood it, you cubed a whole group of Pokemon, and then you commission, you know, one of these custom card makers to make you like 10 or 15 different bosses that have like all these attacks and I think that could be like, that could be pretty fun to be honest. Um, So there is an element for me, like, you know, for kids and adults, I think there is a little bit there of like the most lightweight way to play this game. The problem is, is it has like, once you have played a boss with a certain set of cards, it has, it's very difficult to get a lot of replayability. Do you know what I mean? Like, like once you beat the boss, like how hard is this? Like you've done a lot of max raid battles, right?
0: Yeah. And, like, are those like. I I usually just pick a level 100 Pokemon and just do it. Yeah. There's no like thought that really goes (laughs) into it, unless it's like. Unless they do, like, one of those, like, the Zero Aura Raid Battle or the Mewtwo one promotion that they did where, like, you actually... It was actually, like, difficult. Even, like, the five-star gold hidden ability ones are not actually that difficult.
1: Yeah, so I think this part. suffers from that a playability aspect, and it's not like you get rewards from doing this in any way. Mm-hmm. So I, I do think that, you know... Yeah. I, I But I, I will say, like, I, I actually, like, I like in my brain thinking about, like... What are the ways that you could actually make this fun for people? But it, it may be a, a fool's
0: errand. I still think it's too late. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm sitting on that rock. <laughs> That's what, What's that phrase? Uh, this is the hill you're willing to die on. Yeah, I'm <laughs> dying on this hill. <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to come
1: after you on that hill. I think you're safe up there. No,
0: one, nah, no one's going to no, no, imm- no, yeah.
1: disagree with you on this one.
0: Now, nah, if you want to, feel free to at me on Twitter. I'll I'll gladly have a mature, actual conversation with you about it. But something that is not debatable is the hundred eighty cards that came in the Battle Academy box just very recently. The Battle Academy box is something that's come out, and it it is again geared towards like I think you mentioned it, Sean. Um, it's very geared towards teaching the game. There's like a board that kind of tells you everything you need to know about the different spots on the play board thing, whatever. Um, comes with a bunch of cards, things like that. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about it? Because I know you said you had some friends that bought it.
1: Yeah, I mean I had friend that friends that bought it. They played it with um some of their family who were younger. Um and that seems to be, you know, fun. They they seem to enjoy it. I don't personally have any young people who, um, I would need this for So for me, it's like a product that I, I, I don't, I literally don't have a reason to buy it. Um, so I'm not going to buy it. And all the cards that come in it are like, you know, there's a couple of good cards here and there, like staples,
0: like welder. I think you were mentioning there's one welder. <laughs> yeah. There's one, a lot welder. of the staples are <laughs> like the, a lot of the good cards. It's just like one of them. But like,
1: um, I will say, uh, it does have that family Charizard, that Charizard that was hot for a minute in the Mewtwo Welder decks.
0: Oh, yeah. Do the Charizard from Hidden Fates.
1: I feel bad. I, honestly, I feel bad for uh, the people who don't get Charizard when they play this game because, boy, howdy. Like, Charizard could do 300 damage in this with his GX for 4 energy. How is
0: that fair? You gotta hit your Welder, though. That's the thing. I guess you gotta, you gotta hit, hit your one welder. welder.
1: Your one welder in the deck. You
0: gotta oh, hit your gosh. one welder. No pal pads, no uh, recovery in any sense. It's just solo attachments and 30 HP heal potions. The cards are also, this is very interesting. I can't tell if this is because Beach. Um, I don't think it is just because the, the lighting on one of the cards bouncing off. There's like a special stamp on the card that signifies that it's a part of the deck Hmm. because like on the on the charizard one there's a little charizard in the bottom uh right corner before like the little description that says like you can only play one supporter per turn or you know you can play this card as or item cards as many times as you like as long as you can fill the claws you know and there's like a pikachu one with the little pikachu guys um, and, like, a Mewtwo with the Mewtwo decks. So, like, I'm wondering... It's even on the GXs, too. So, I'm wondering if these would even be, like... If you could even take these into competition.
1: I, I don't know if the actual printing of these is considered standard legal cards. Uh, I mean... All that said, it's not like anybody would be bringing these into a
0: competition. No, I mean, like, I mean, a lot of the, like, you get a playset of Cynthia's in this, but like, Cynthia's about to rotate. I mean, I think like the most competitively viable thing that you get in here is probably the playset of Great Balls. Yeah. Probably it.
1: I mean, look, I, I I would be, it would be hilarious if somebody did bring them to a future tournament and those, the tournament organizers, like, these aren't, uh, legal cards.
0: Yeah, I don't <laughs> want to see that. I happen. mean it it almost reminds me of it almost reminds me of the uh the world championship decks that they reprint. Oh yeah where yeah, like yeah. where like they have the different back and so they're not actually tournament legal. Like that's what that's what this little stamp thing reminds me of. I actually don't know that. I didn't notice that before we started the podcast. Um I didn't notice it you do get an online code though. Hmm so that is interesting. You do get an online code. So I'm wondering, maybe these cards are viable then if... That would seem like...
1: I don't know if it's just maybe the... I, that that would be so weird if they went through all the trouble to print a slightly different version just for this box.
0: Yeah, I'm Except like confused for like about co- this.
1: weird collectors who are like are really into like every version of a thing.
0: But Which we could actually get into yeah, talking about here in a second. Segue. I will say, though, the coin... The coin in this Battle Academy box, pretty cool coin, to be honest. It's got Mewtwo, got Charizard, got Pikachu. That's cool. Gen 1er dream. You know, all the the Gen 1ers out there. This is your coin. It's actually like a really cool coin. Like, I wouldn't consider myself a Gen 1er, but this coin's pretty dope, in my opinion. All right. Anyways. So, Sean, lead us off into the new segment of a demographic that we're trying to snag and steal i'm just kidding um but just just lead us off into the collecting aspect i guess all
1: right you guys are you hype are you hype for this live break no i'm joking you want to learn how to lose all your money (laughs) that's right invest it all into pokemon cards right now this is not a bubble this is not a bubble this is the new reality base set booster boxes twelve thousand dollars
0: right now it's a steal Totally, cow. Yeah, it's so expensive.
1: Uh, yeah, it's crazy. We looked it up on eBay. Now I don't know if they've actually sold for that price, but uh, yeah, let's get into the new this 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 little section of the pod. Uh, we are actually going to be talking about the collectors' part of the Pokemon TCG world um, in a few different areas, and then finally, like what that means for players, um, especially in things like retro formats, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the first thing we can talk about, Jake, I know that you've started to get a little bit more into collecting, but uh, what do you think about the crazy increase in price of, uh, of so many of the, the sets all the way from base set, even up to like black and white stuff. I know heart, gold, soul, silver, um, you know, boxes, even, even some like modern era stuff is going crazy
0: no yeah i agree and i just want to kind of preface this by saying like there's no one way to collect right there's 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 people like me who collect sealed booster boxes to eventually resell in the future there's people that just want to collect their favorite pokemon there's people that want to collect p every single type of psa for a certain card. I know there's people that are looking out for like the PSA one Charizard or whatever, the PSA one Psyduck card. Um, So there's like, there's no wrong way to collect and there's no right way to collect. There's just a lot of ways to do it. But an overall trend that we've seen here in the last like, I would say year, is that people are starting to invest heavily into the old stuff, the vintage things. And it's kind of seen a skyrocket of those prices. You know, I remember um, like a year ago, I think like there were base set boxes that were going for like $4,500. Dude,
1: 3,000. I was looking at something on eBay thinking to myself, okay, 3,000, give me a few months and maybe I can get a base set booster box.
0: Yeah, and what did you say? What did you say earlier? The listing was for the base set booster box. $12,000. $12,000. So in like a span of a year, something has fluctuated, you know, exponentially. Like what is that? 300%? I think, uh, I, mean, I think that's 300% a
1: increase, right?
0: It's yeah. It's, it's, it's four times the amount.
1: Uh, and I think and, it's specifically the last like four or five months in particular.
0: Mm-hmm. And you look at, you look at kind of like how we got here. Like, why are people starting to invest now? So you look at when Pokemon released Pokemon came when Pokemon came in in the States in like 96, right? Uh,
1: 98. Well, the game I, I, I want to say, like, most
0: Let's probably of look at like the video game. Um, anyways, late 90s Pokemon introduced in the late 90s. You know, you look at people like myself, late 90s. I was like I was like two years old in 1998. Oh gosh. Um, Sean, you're 11. a little bit older than that. You were 11, but still like very was, young, still like very young. I was young, but right? I was the kid who ha- who bought all the Pokemon cards in 98. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. But anyways, so I, let me get to my point again. Okay. So like you have all these people now. Now look at us. Sean, you are an established person. You have a great job. You have money, right? So now once you start hearing that people – are investing like you have the financial ability to start buying like some of these older stuff with the price that increases now in general like prices kind of increased as it got older because like scarcity you know demand stuff like that supply is very very low demand is kind of at the same or a little bit higher um so the price naturally grows up goes up but now that i mean i'm not an established person yet but a lot of people go a different route than I did, you know, and have six, have like good jobs, good, well-paying jobs. I want to take it the slow game and I stick in school for graduate school. But anyways, you know, people have money now they're spending money. The demand is now on the rise. It is heavy on the rise. People are getting invested into it. People are realizing that people are buying this stuff up. So they want, they want to have it right. Because what is cooler than having you know, a base set box or opening up all those cards from that time, like breaking open those packs. And so that's really seen an increase, not to mention, not to mention we're in the age of media, right? So you look at different people, Leonhart, Real Breaking Nate, Pokey Rev, literally like three or four times a week, opens up a vintage booster box, (laughs) Well, he breaks it. He breaks it and, and sells, sells like yeah. the packs and but stuff, still, which is a whole different ball box. game. But yeah, so it's like those are three like very major as I would say, major people looking to get into it. And then there's also people, um Gary V. Gary V, I saw a post on his Instagram. Just the other week he's talked about he's talked about Pokemon before, but he just posted a picture the other day of a PSA 10. I believe it was PSA 10 gem mint Mewtwo first edition from base set. So you have someone like him. I'm just I'm assuming that anybody who's on social media has seen Gary Vee in one point or another 8.2 million followers investor. He invested in Facebook, Snapchat, Venmo, and Twitter. Wow. He seems like a guy who knows what he's talking about, probably, right? in terms of investing. So now you're seeing you're seeing him invest in all these cards and stuff, and this is this is also going to skyrocket these cards. Um, and just like all these people, I've seen more and more people as the weeks gone on. I posted a YouTube video about like booster box pricings and how they've kind of trended in the last six months, like a week ago. Um, And there's there's more people during that time as well that were not Pokemon people that were talking about like, oh, maybe you should invest in Pokemon cards like this could actually be like a good investment investing in vintage stuff. So it's like so many people are now looking at it. It's like, you know what? I had all these Pokemon cards when I was a kid, when I was 11 years old, going out and buying base set packs, you know, opening them, opening them up. You know, I, I pulled that Charizard one time, and then some kid traded me a Charizard for 30 uh, EVs. you know? Like, I wish I had that Charizard back. So the chase is on. People are buying the cards. The vintage market is going up. Nostalgia is huge. That's why Pokemon constantly reprints Charizard. You know why? Because people love Charizard. It's nostalgia. Like, the vintage market's blowing up right now. Yeah. It's insane.
1: I mean, look, my, my two cents, though, is I think you, you certainly hit the nail on the head as to a big reason why, you know, in the last year or two, the market seems to be taking off is, yeah, you're right. Like a lot of people who are my age, roughly, um, you know, you, you've finally gotten out of the... Like, I literally paid off my student loan, my last student loan this year. Woo! Woo! Yeah, right? I'm only like, you know, 33. But... Um, <laughs> You know, and you've got a long road ahead of you, Jake, probably, but,
0: uh, Uh, I'm getting grad school for free.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. That see, that's how you do it. That's an investment. I
0: sold. That's the only I hate school. So kids stay in school, but I hate school so much. I'm so bad at school. The only reason I'm doing it is to get a job. No, it's a good (laughs) investment though, but I I, sold my soul for the degree.
1: But like people who are around my age now are finally paying off their student loans. I'm Mm -hmm. personally looking to buy a house for the first time, um, and then like, yeah, like, so all, all of a sudden you have this whole market of people who are like, have some disposable income. Now, the only thing though, that I would say is, I, you know, I might be very wrong on this. It's hard to, hard to gauge the fact that it's gone up so much so quickly. It's, it's starting to smell of bubble just a little bit. And I'm not saying that it's going to crash and not be bubble. worth anything. I'm saying that like, you know, all markets have ebbs and flows, right? Peaks and valleys, um, oh, okay. The, the, the trend over time is always, well, not always, but usually up, especially for things like Pokemon, which the company's doing great. They're going to be around for a long time as far as we can tell. So, mm-hmm. in terms of buying the vintage product, if you buy it for $10,000 today, right? I don't know. I think it would actually be a very, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I don't know if it'll be $10,000 in a year or two but it will be at least $10,000 at some point in the future again, right? If it goes down to like five again, no,
0: yeah. it'll go yeah. back up
1: there. You just have to hold it a little longer. Um,
0: I think that also it comes like, it, even when you talk about like PSA grading, I mentioned that Gary Vee had a PSA mm-hmm. 10 Mewtwo, you know, I posted a picture about it. So like, especially for when you talk about PSAs, you know, like the more PSA 10 base set Charizards that are out there, the... The less right away. So, like if there's an influx in PSA Charizards now that PSA is going again, now that they're back kind of a little bit through the pandemic and now they're starting to PSA cards again. Um, if there's an influx of Charizard, that's naturally going to decrease the value of Charizard, right? Because that's not a uh, it doesn't become as yeah, you what's have the more word inventory. exclusive. Yes. You have more inventory, the demand the supply is higher. Um, even though I don't think demand no, really demand changes, low, to be honest, I think it's fair
1: to say that, you know, if more and more of these cards get PSA graded, right. Cause mm-hmm. people are like, oh, that Charizard that I had, that was maybe a, an eight that I had before wasn't worth it to grade two years ago because a PSA eight Charizard was only worth like, I don't know, three or 400 bucks. I don't know. I'm just picking out numbers, but now yeah. that PSA eight is worth $2,000. Well, shoot, I'm going to go grade that. And then all of a sudden Mm -hmm. you may have a crap load of PSA sevens and eights and whatever Charizards, which there's always going to be people who want to buy them. But I think that um, I really do think that to some degree we're in a bubble. I think you were talking about how things like Ultra Prism, a booster box of that is like 200 and some odd dollars.
0: Yeah, it's like $268 market value on TCG player as of like a week ago. And I saw the Hidden Fates ETB. On Verbank
1: now. Look, uh, I'm going to be honest. I don't, I don't
0: necessarily uh, uh, collect this, so uh, you know. it's so 177 dollars market value. But somebody was TV selling player. them for 250 dollars. Well, Burbank. they're they're just trying to make a quick buck, and I'm just trying like, to pick on people that don't know.
1: I guess, but like even 177 dollars is like I'm like, there is literally no reason in the world to ever open that box because. You you're not going to make money. You will, no, you, you get eight packs, maybe 10. Is it 10 packs in the... Yeah, I think it's 10.
0: Yeah, you get 10.
1: But like, you can go get a tin that has four or five packs or something like that in it for $30 at GameStop right now. I'm like, and they're doing a reprint of this stuff. So I'm like, you're clearly not buying it for the actual packs on the inside anymore. You're buying it for the packaging, right? This yeah. packaging is rare. But th- that's why I'm kind of like... I don't think that those products really should be $200 pushing $200 for an ETB. Um, maybe in two or three years, right? I mm-hmm. can see that. Because like, look, Hidden Fates is a, is a really nice set. Don't get me wrong. But we are less than a year out from its printing. It should not be that much for an ETB. So those are the little signals to me when, when especially when certain modern things start popping to that degree that you're just kind of like, there's a lot of speculation going on right now. Um but that's just, that's just my two cents on the market. I think it's not a bad place to spend money, but I would say uh, if you are really debating whether or not you should spend whatever the amount of money is you're going to spend, it's probably not a good investment. If, if the amount of money you're spending is something you have to think hard about, whatever your budget might be, I don't know if Pokemon, if those products in particular are the right thing.
0: So like if you, if you have a sealed Hidden Fates ETB, about 177 dollars if you open it don't even open up any of the packs you just open the yeah. packaging you have automatically already lost 80 dollars yeah in value because you can which sell is those kind packs of
1: for max 10 bucks
0: yeah it's a t- it's about 10 dollar value for each of the packs unopened um but like But here's the thing with it, like in and a lot of people are starting to get into it, including myself. I was I was doing it, I was putting a portion of my paychecks towards uh buying like sealed booster boxes and stuff. Um before like the pandemic hit, and I found out that I wasn't gonna make any money over the summer, so I haven't bought anything in a while. But um the main thing that I recommend is like look at the different prices for the boxes, look at the recent stuff. So, like for instance. Sword and Shield and Rebel Clash. Very easy to get, right? Those are very near prints. They're pretty They're pretty easy to get. Those are both under $100 market value on TCG Player. Pretty easy to get. Forbidden Light, $87 right now. Crimson Invasion, $83 right now. Get the cheaper stuff, right? Get the cheaper stuff, and then just sit on it. Just sit on it. You know, I, I have... I have an XY Evolutions box that I've already started to see profit on it because that set is just very popular. Um, I I have a Rebel. I can't remember if it's Rebel Clash or Sword and Shield, but it's back there. Um, that eventually, once it goes out of print, and then once you know it becomes a little bit older, you know it will start seeing a price increase again. Because you look at you look at a lot of the sets. So like Ancient Origins, Ancient Origins in the last six months has upped fifty percent. It's now one hundred and forty six dollars for a box. Primal Clash up thirty percent, one hundred thirteen dollars. You know those sets aren't that old to be to be honest. And even Guardians Rising and Sun and Moon have each seen over a twenty or I'm sorry a ten percent increase. Right. So like the stuff eventually goes up. The stuff eventually goes up. Burning Shadows. Oh my goodness! I like literally the day before the pandemic hit, or the day before I was noticed that I was going to lose basically all my summer income, and I was going to have to figure it out by Twitch and freelancing. I was going to buy a Burning Shadows booster box because Burning Shadows has what three secret rare energies and a uh, and a Charizard in it. Charizard sets very very valuable to invest in. In my opinion. Uh very safe, in my opinion. That was like $91 per box before the pandemic hit. And then like I was I was told, like, hey, you know, uh, you're gonna you're not gonna get main money. So I was like, okay, I need to, I need to save money, no buying, no buying sealed product anymore. Cause I get I've lost like 50% of my income that I put towards boxes and stuff. As of right now, it's $182 per box. Man, $182. So just think like I mean obviously there are some there are some things like if you had bought an unbroken bonds box and you and you had saved that, you already would have skyrocketed because unbroken bonds boxes $230 each right now. It's got a Charizard in it. It's got Greens acceleration, it's got Welder in it. Greens acceleration, Greens exploration yeah. Yeah, is what yeah. I meant. But it has all these great cards in it that are huge for collectors, that people really, really like. Because think about it, a majority of people that buy Pokemon cards, vast, vast majority, are collectors. People don't care about what the attack is. People don't care about what the HP is. People don't care about how it fits in the meta. All right, people just want it because it's a Charizard.
1: So to that point, this Darkness of Blaze set, it's got Charizard in it.
0: No, yeah, I would 100% try to buy no well, the just, thing is like it's not a the thing charizard. is like people yeah people go goo gaga for the rainbow charizard so like the charizard that's only getting 600 prints in japan the rainbow v max charizard yeah that's gonna be literally oh i can't even like fathom how much money that's probably gonna be i mean I right? because I, I don't
1: they have to bring that rainbow in some way to america i don't know what it's set.
0: it would be silly yeah. not to do it <laughs> Um I just don't know how they're going to do it if they're going to do it in a set, if they're going to do it in the holiday set, if they're going to do it in a collection box for Darkness Ablaze. Collection box. It would It, be would, dumb. it no, would be gotta make that well, Chase no, cards. I don't think it would really be that dumb, but like I it would just be it would be dumb not to put it yeah. in America, right? Cuz Americans freaking love flexing. They love spending <laughs> money. You know, it would be dumb not to let this card release throughout the rest of the world. Um, it's just not going to be... I don't think it's going to come right away in Darkness Ablaze. That's yeah, my agree. personal opinion. But anyways, that would be because it has a Charizard in it, regardless if it's the Rainbow or not. I think that set ultimately has a lot of value, and I think that you should invest in that, in my personal opinion. I mean, but like in mod- modestly, but yes. Yes. I think that if you, if you were looking to get into it, I think there's probably a way that you can get it very, very cheap after it's released, you know, and all the hype goes down, you know, and people like reselling boxes and things like that.
1: You can get any new box when it comes out for 90 bucks. So that's what I would say. Like, look, I think you're right, Jake. If you are somebody who's maybe a little envious of the collections that other people have in a good way, not in a bad way, but just, you know, you're like, oh man, I wish I could do that. I think it's the same thing as a 401k, right? It's all about patience, time. So
0: yeah, exactly. Just it's literally just like don't open it forehead. Yeah.
1: If you have a box that you're like I don't need to open this, there's nothing in there that I need. Eh, just put it if you have the space, just put it somewhere safe. Forget about it, right? Yeah. And look, worst case scenario, it goes from $90 to $95 in 10 years.
0: Okay. But well, you know what? You fine. made five Yeah. You made it's- 5 bucks. And, and the thing like, is, stocks. and you're not like,
1: you know, I think it's important to remember you are not investing in the same, like you should never expect to get a return on your investment. That is astronomical. Change your life. Yes. Nobody who bought base set booster boxes when they came out and didn't open them, nobody was sitting there thinking, Oh, this is going to be 10, 20, $50,000. You know, that's, that's insane. If anybody tells you they thought that they're lying to you. But they're lying to. You. But they did have the patience to say, "I think it'll be worth something. I don't know how mm-hmm. much, but it'll be worth a little bit." And uh, I'll sit on it because, you know, we'll see. So that's what yeah. I would say. It's like you know, this game is not going to go away. You know, get the boxes when they come out and go from there. That's a great way to just build your collection. Is just start now with one box at a time.
0: The vintage market's really blowing up, and. I don't know because we've we've been going on this podcast now for about an hour. um we we're originally planning on talking about like retro format. I think we can hold that stuff next going week. yeah we're trying we're currently in the works right now of scheduling someone to talk about retro formats because as as Sean and I have discussed here on the podcast, we've only been playing for like a little over a year each um. Like less than two years, I'll say. We've been playing competitively for less than two years each. Um, so we don't know a lot of these retro formats, right? And like we never played during when these formats were like the actual present standard format. Um, so like we don't have a ton of experience, but it's something that is so popular right now and so many people are getting into um, that I think it would be, I, Sean and I both think that it'd be really cool to talk about and like learn about and hear somebody else. That play during those formats kind of uh kind of uh talk about right
1: yeah yeah so that is going to be i think next week unless something goes crazy in the pokemon world uh that's just a preview of next week we're going to talk about some
0: PTCGL client revamp oh my, oh my god. god that would be nuts that would, i would <laughs> that would be man uh, i don't know what i i give my left nut for that <laughs> all right well don't
1: hopefully that doesn't happen then uh <laughs> and i think we can actually just wrap it up i think we can wrap it up here jake anything else you want all to right.
0: say um what what was my rant today did i, mean, I have a rant was today? it kind of
1: about the raid battle i think you didn't like it that's kind of a rant I mean, that's what you i, mean, I probably responded on twitter that.
0: i i mean like i I didn't really shout out to you Neil pie for replying to our tweet. I liked it in the middle of the podcast, just to let you know. Um, but it's like, I just think it's too late and it's like, sure. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I think we've gone over that, but I think we can sign off now.
0: Yeah. give Whatever. Wear a mask.
1: Wear a mask. I I even did it in my last video. So wear a mask.
0: I think I saw New York is like New York. It was the first time the other day that they didn't record a death in a single day for coronavirus. I think I saw that news oh, tweet. Man.
1: I don't even, I don't, I have stopped paying. I stopped paying attention to New York news about three months ago. <laughs> Just oh, after a well,
0: while, you're like, I can't, I can't anymore. Well, it was like a Twitter news thing that popped up. On yeah. My, no, I mean, Hey, that's it great. was like one of those news notifications, but yeah, shout outs to everybody wearing a mask right now. Please, please. If you're going, if your place has like IRL events, uh, please wear a mask. I would even advise wearing gloves, too. Don't
1: don't shuffle disposable anyone's deck.
0: gloves. Yeah, just just just, be, just trust tap people. the deck. Trust people. Don't t- if somebody if you can because usually you can tell sometimes uh, that someone's stacking. But like if you really think someone's stacking, just just cut the deck. Don't don't actually shuffle it. I would just say don't, fine. Don't even cut. Don't even bother. If if people are going yeah, try to I don't cheat even right cut. Now, I don't even cut. Like even when even I play like, with Kyle, get out of here get out of here even when i to play cheat. even i play with my buddy kyle i just you know i go over to his house and we test i i just i just say i'll tap and i'll like knock on the table
1: yeah i don't i don't cut my people's decks when they come to my house either i'm like ain't, ain't nobody over here trying to cheat nobody There's no point in that
0: yeah i don't I, yeah just just be honest yeah. that's my rant be yeah, honest stop coronavirus be honest, <laughs> stop stop trying to coronavirus.
1: Cheat. Be honest. All stop right.
0: trying to hack into Pokemon TCG although if you did hack into it then probably that gives them a better reason to give us a different client so you know what maybe you do want to cheat all I don't right. know don't I'm wrapping
1: we- us up Jake I'm wrapping us up uh, like uh, subscribe and all that good jazz on whatever platform that you're on review us as well we like good reviews uh, shout reviews out to go Sor- a long way the Snorlaxian for their lovely review I'll just shout you out
0: yeah um, I know Snorlaxian
1: yeah, yeah. and, you mind. and uh, yeah we'll catch you in another episode